Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today we're asking the question, what difference does it make? What difference does Christ make in your life? When you look at all the problems in the world and all the problems in our individual lives, what difference does Christ really make? When we get to the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, Paul says that the difference that Christ makes is that he can give you peace, he can give you hope, and he can give you a future. Three things that make a significant difference in every one of our lives. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message. What difference does it make? During a family vacation on Campobella Island, 39-year-old Franklin Delano Roosevelt awoke to a life that had turned upside down. As he swung out of bed and tried to make his way to the bathroom, his left leg buckled and he fell to the floor. He had a fever of 102. By the next day, his right leg was in trouble too. He could no longer walk. An athletic man, he had come down with the most dreaded disease of his day, polio. At its peak, the virus killed or paralyzed tens of thousands of people in the United States every year. And a vaccine was still three decades away. Until that day, FDR had lived a charmed life. He grew up as a pampered child from one of the most prominent families in the country. He had been homeschooled, was editor of the Harvard Crimson, was a cousin of one of our most celebrated presidents, had been the second ranking civilian in the Navy during World War I, and he had been the vice presidential nominee of the Democratic Party at age 37. He seemed to have it all. And yet, for all of his promise, his family and friends would describe him as superficial and self-centered. Teddy Roosevelt's daughter, Alice, thought he was a mama's boy. And although he served in the New York State Legislature, few of his colleagues took him seriously. How would he respond to polio? Would he retreat from public life like his domineering mother urged? Sarah Roosevelt wanted him to come home and be under her charge. Or would he try to walk again and regain a position in public life like his wife Eleanor wanted? FDR fell into a depression. He felt like God had forgotten him. Getting polio became the dividing line in his life. The disease changed him. 
day after day, he forced himself to go through physical exercises that yielded few results. He discovered a rehab center in Warm Springs, Georgia, which eased his physical and psychological pain. He discovered he loved working with other polio sufferers, especially the children. But after seven long years of rehab, it was clear he would never stand or walk by himself again. What no one anticipated, though, was how polio would change his life. He listened to people with a new intensity, and he inspired others with his optimism. Before polio, FDR was a snob. After polio, he was deeply compassionate and empathetic towards others who were suffering. Before polio, he was selfish. After polio, he was devoted to the well-being of others. One author described his fight with polio as a spiritual battle. He was now unable to go anywhere by himself. He had to rely on others for any kind of movement. His adversity transformed him from a shallow, untested, selfishly ambitious young man into a mature figure whom many would regard as one of our greatest presidents. He changed. <clears throat> he became more patient. He was more reflective. He learned how to care for others. The historian Doris Kearns Goodwin would write that his ordeal provides a clear-cut paradigm of how a devastating crucible experience can lead to significant growth. It's a picture of how the Bible describes the good things that God can bring out of our suffering. <clears throat> when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean we won't suffer. It means that now God can transform our suffering and bring positive things out of it that we would never have expected before. Some people ask the question, what difference does it make to have faith in Christ? In light of all the problems in the world, what difference does it make to believe in Jesus? In Romans chapter 5, Paul says that the difference is because of Christ, we can now have peace and hope and a future. First of all, in the face of suffering, Paul says we now have peace. Romans 5, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. <clears throat> and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Some people go through their whole lives without peace. 
They're always nervous, worried, waiting for some problem or catastrophe to strike. Some are always anxious about what other people think of them. They are fearful about losing the friendships they have. They are concerned about losing the jobs they have or distressed that they will run out of money before they die. Some don't believe that people would like them if they knew who they really were and what they had actually done. Some believe that God is against them and that God could never forgive them for what they have done. They do not have peace with others, peace with themselves, or peace with God. They feel a tension that won't subside. The difference that faith in Christ makes in our lives is that we can now have peace with others, with ourselves, and with God. Paul says we can have peace about the past, the present, and the future. Peace about the past is because we have been justified through Christ. That has already taken past through what Jesus did for us. The present is that we have peace with God through Christ right now, and we now stand in him. The future is that we now look forward to the hope of glory where we will experience complete peace with God in the life to come. So instead of being overwhelmed by the fear of our future death, we can now be overwhelmed that we will experience the full glory of God and take in his massive love for us, which we cannot comprehend now. While some people dread what might happen in the future, we Christians look forward to the future. While others are pessimistic about what could happen, we know that our coming days will be even better than the present. And while others are like Chicken Little who think the sky is falling, we know the best is yet to come. Our attitude is based on what Christ has done for us, what the Bible says to us, and on the peace with God we now experience every day. <clears throat> Secondly, the difference that our faith in Christ makes <clears throat> is that now we have hope. <clears throat> Romans 5, 3-5 says this, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, <clears throat> perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. This is the Franklin Delano Roosevelt story. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. 
Before he got polio, FDR did not have perseverance. Life had come too easy for him. He was wealthy. He had advantages. And people treated him special. But polio knocked him down. His money couldn't heal his physical illness. He suffered depression like so many others. He had to struggle and work hard every day of his life. His suffering actually made him a better person. In our culture today, we run from suffering. We think suffering is always bad. We have trouble seeing anything good that can come out of it. But Paul says that the gospel changes everything. The gospel changes the way we look at our suffering. What we learn from the life of Jesus and the life of Paul is that suffering is always a component of the faithful life. We gain endurance from suffering. We gain character and we gain hope. People today think that suffering and hope are opposites, but they aren't. Hope arises out of suffering. While none of us will ever enjoy suffering and none of us will ever go looking for suffering, the effects of suffering on us are now completely different. Instead of tearing us down, suffering can build us up. Instead of making us weaker, suffering can make us stronger. Instead of making us feel hopeless, suffering can make us more hopeful. The difference that faith in Christ makes is that we now have hope. It's a hope that begins in this life and a hope that we will experience forever in the next. The third difference that our faith in Christ makes in our lives is that we now have a future. Romans 5, 6 through 11 says this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? <clears throat> Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is a classic passage about the grace of God. The grace of God is demonstrated in that Christ died for the ungodly. 
Jesus died for all the bad people in the world. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't say, you go get your act together and then I will die for you. He said, I will die for you and then I will get your act together for you and with you. We didn't do anything to deserve his death. We couldn't do anything to deserve his death. He took the first step towards us and then invited us to take a step towards him. If Christ was willing to do this for us before we were saved, imagine what he will do for us after we've been saved. If that is what he did for us before we were even born, imagine what he will do for us after we die. Some people think their best days are behind them. As Christians, we believe that our best days are ahead of us. Some people think that the terrible things that have been done in the past have robbed them of their future. Christians believe that nothing you have done in your past can alter the glorious future God has in store for you. Some people live life by constantly looking in the rearview mirror. Christians live life looking through the windshield, wondering what God has in store for us next. In Christ, you have a future that no one can take away from you. Paul says that because we have been justified by the blood of Christ, we will be saved from the wrath of God. If, when we were enemies with God, he reconciled us to himself through his Son, how much more will he do for us now that we have been saved? God has given every believer a future that is better than any day we have experienced so far. Psychologists who have studied suffering have found that people typically respond in one of three ways. The first way people respond is with a learned helplessness because of a lack of strong, healthy relationships with God, family, and friends, people can lose hope. They can fall into anxiety, depression, and isolation. They can become stuck and seem incapable of snapping out of it. They learn to feel helpless. A second way people respond is that after an initial depression and feeling stressed out, some are able to recover and become resilient. <clears throat> they are able to bounce back and sometimes become even better than they were before. The third way people respond is with what is called post-traumatic growth. We hear of people with post-traumatic stress disorder where past trauma continues to affect and haunt people's mental and physical health and cause problems for a long time to come.
But some people are able to overcome this with a post-traumatic growth. Those are the people who think what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And the way we learn how to respond to life's most difficult moments without developing a learned helplessness is by looking at the life of Christ. He was resilient in the face of enormous pressure and opposition. He is the example of post-traumatic growth, where it is when we are weak that then we are strong. We look to the life of Paul, who was resilient in the face of beatings, slander, ridicule, and being left for dead. He demonstrated a post-traumatic growth where what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. FDR was a man who was transformed by his suffering. <clears throat> he easily could have given up against a disease that had no cure. He was wealthy enough he could have withdrawn from the world and been forgotten as someone who could have been someone great, but who never was. But after FDR got polio, he had no peace, no hope, and no future. But over time, he found a sense of peace. He was able to have a sense of hope, which he was then able to share with the whole nation during some of our most hopeless days. And miraculously, he looked forward to a better future, which was extremely rare among the polio patients of his day. So when we ask the question, what difference does it make? What difference does Christ make in your life? This is the difference Romans 5 tells us about. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can be at peace with God, at peace with yourself, and at peace with others. If you put your faith in Christ, you can have hope because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And if you put your faith in Christ, God will give you a future you did not have before. You can look forward to a beautiful, fun, ecstatic, stimulating, thriving, flourishing future that no one can take away from you. And when we know our place in the future is secure, it makes all the difference in the world in our lives today. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.